0: Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Well, we've got our own maven, gardener to the stars that she is, Vicki McCarthy, who is extremely accessible and very knowledgeable and is a master gardener herself and a beekeeper and works at Save a Tree. And she loves nature so much, it's all about and within her. And she joins us now again, because she is my resource and source on what to do about various pests, like the lanternfly, the spotted and lanternfly, which is getting a tremendous amount of ink, publicity and ink, because they're literally showing up everywhere. Vicki McCarthy, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi Lisa, thanks so much for having me on again.
0: Vicki, what are we going to do with the spotted lanternfly? I just got an email from a listener that he was swimming in the Byram River, and he was surrounded by them in the water.
1: (laughs) I know. It's uh, our newest, hottest topic, the spotted lanternfly. It actually came to Pennsylvania first. It's an invasive insect. It's a true bug that came to Pennsylvania in 2014, and now it's in 14 states. And like other invasive pests, since it was not originally in our country, we don't have a lot of other pests that will manage that pest and keep it in balance. So they tend to come in droves. And I just, I loved what the the rabbi just said about the idea of keeping a lot of biodiversity in our world to really, it's biodiversity is our survival. So, it's all about keeping things in balance. And I think my main message today to, to everyone is that we are going to be kind of grossed out by these spotted lantern flies and they may come en masse. They are a problem in the agricultural industry, but we need to remain calm and kind of take steps, as you said earlier, one decision at a time to try to figure out, okay, how are we going to get all of this in balance? And before we go to chemical controls, we have to consider that, you know, if we take care of our birds and our insect diversity, we take care of ourselves as far as the food chain goes. Yeah. So 95% of our birds really rely on insects for their young. And so we have to think about that before we just start spraying things. I think that's my main message today. And there's a lot of things we can do. So. Um,
0: Well, there's, well, let me put it, well, Okay. I I know that a lot of people are trying to thwack and swat these lantern flies wherever they see them, uh, and you know we're we're obviously being encouraged to do them one bug at a time. But I mean on a on a larger scale level, you're the person who knows about nature. Is there a naturally occurring animal or other insect or bird that eats these lantern flies?
1: Well, here's the thing. We have a whole protocol, and I do want to encourage everybody to go to all their university resources and their cooperative extension resources because it's complex. And the best thing you can do is to establish relationships with master gardeners who are educated about this insect or a professional arborist who you know, their whole goal is to help you identify and address the issues before they escalate. So the number one thing for the whole public is to stop the spread. These pl- these insects, they're hijackers. So they get on your car, they get on your wheels, and the whole idea is to try to quarantine them in your state while we can. And so the first, one of the first controls is that mechanical control. We're supposed to swat them, <laughs> we're supposed to stomp on them, We're supposed to scrape the egg masses. And we really have to talk about how do we even identify this insect? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The insect changes his appearance, his or her appearance, depending on what month it is. So right now we're seeing them. Yeah, like um, they're a true bug. So they they start out as an egg, then they turn into a nymph. They have four stages of nymphs, and then they turn into the adult. Right now we would be seeing them As an adult, and they actually are a very lovely moth-like creature. They're plant hoppers, but they look like a moth that has red and white and black. When they're closed up, they're really dark. And we also would see the egg masses. The egg masses remind me of, you know, when a potter is making a piece of pottery and they have Mm -hmm. that clay? It's almost like somebody splashed that clay on a plant or a tree. And so oh, if we can look
0: like lobby yeah. gray, like lobby gray, kind of like lobby. Okay. Yes. So if we, so if and, we you see know, that sitting on a leaf or a plant, that's probably an egg mass. What do you want us to do? Cut the leaf off, put them in the garbage pail? What are we supposed to do?
1: Well, that's a great question. Ideally, you want to scrape that egg mass with like a credit card or like a putty knife. And you want, if you're all set up to do this, you want to put it in a little cup of alcohol. Um, but even if you're at a bus stop or waiting for a train, you happen to see one, take a credit card and scrape it off the tree. That's and then what? Put it under the heel control. of your.
0: And then what? Put it under the heel <laughs> of your shoe and kill it, right? You got to kill it,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, each egg mass represents probably 50 insects. Now, um, once they come in high intensity, it's a different matter. Um, But we really need to start looking at our cars. I mean, right now we have it in Connecticut. We have Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Let's say you're going on a trip to go see the beautiful fall foliage in Vermont. We don't want to take that insect with us. Ideally, we want to stop the spread and slow down that spread. So that's the value of educating everybody about this um, to take action. And they really put their eggs not only on plants, they put their eggs on anything they can get. That's how they got here in the first place. I think they came on a crate from Asia. Uh, they're indigenous to China and India and, um, you know, but in we, China we global... and India,
0: Vicki McCarthy and China and India, I assume their population is kept in check because they have natural predators. What, what That's are exactly their predators? Right. Well, who are they? Who are their predators? Well, what's really interesting is I did do some reading,
1: you know, the praying mantises are eating them. Um, you know thankfully Pennsylvania has some longer experience and they encourage the public to send them pictures of natural predators that are attacking them so cardinals are eating them garter Hi. snakes are eating them which oh, is great news that is uh, great the news. Ex- extension cooperators are trying to do the due diligence that they need to do to think about introducing other biological predators in lieu of going to chemical control.
0: Yeah, I don't want to, so nobody right wants to do the chemical. I'm trying to get rid of the rodenticides that killed the monkeys <laughs> at the Beardsley Zoo this week. Did you hear about that tragedy? These two beautiful yes, and, monkeys that ate the rodenticide that was meant to kill the mice on the zoo property, they died?
1: That is so sad. And it is, A perfect example of the unintended consequences
0: so it
1: is about making those decisions and using people who are you know well informed to help you make those decisions because you know every tree doesn't have to be treated if it gets to a stage where you're really inundated this is going to become a nuisance bug for people in a residential setting what's going to happen this bug is a piercing sucking bug and it exudes a sticky substance. Uh. So once you start, I know it's gross. Once you once you start getting, you know, trees leaking a, a, a sticky sap on your cars and your driveway, and it becomes intolerable, you may want to consult with a company who has an eco-friendly background. Somebody who has sensitivity and understands uh, the environmental impacts of spraying or treating with chemical control. But as I say, we want to start with the least toxicity and we want to start with cultural controls. Uh, one of the interesting things, this insect loves about 70 different species of trees, but its primary host is the tree that was in the, the novel from the 1940s, The tree grows in Brooklyn. It's actually the um, tree of heaven. Do you remember that?
0: Excuse me, my favorite book of all time is Tree Grows in Brooklyn, <laughs> seconded only by Pearl S. Buck's The Good Earth. Those are my two favorite books of all time. Oh, and yes. a Tree Grows in Brooklyn, I don't remember the species of tree. You're making me sad now to think that I'd have to cut that tree down because I was told the tree of heaven is one of the few trees that we really shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, the tree of heaven was planted in New York City originally as an ornamental tree. And you know, according to the theme of the book, it was all about resilience and persistence. So it 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 has a very interesting uh, history. The tree of heaven, but the it actually isn't not a native tree for the U.S. and it is now an invasive. So we can use that tree to help us manage the lanternfly, wow. which is a good thing. How do we and, use the um, how do we use the tree to well, help us
0: manage the lanternfly?
1: It looks a lot like a walnut. The tree itself, or no? But I mean, what do you mean by
0: using it? Does that mean you want us to eliminate it or treat the tree with a pesticide? What do you mean? What do we? What
1: I want everybody to do is identify the tree of heaven that they have on their property. So first, you have to identify it, and there are lookalikes. So again, having a relationship with an arborist is a good thing. We we can identify if you have the tree of heaven on your property. Then what we want to do is we want to eradicate most of it. And we're going to leave some of it for the spotted lanternfly, and they will all flock there. And that is what is known as a trap crop. And then we can take that last tree down and the spotted lanternfly along with it. So that that is one cultural control that would be a first step.
0: Well, you know what? We're chatting with Vicki McCarthy. I have a listener who wrote me that he has already noticed that the tree of heaven is all along the side of I-95 on 16, between 16 and 17. And he's been writing to tell the various, you know, DOT, not that they care, but what you're suggesting is, because you know how I hate to take down any tree. Is there, is there any, um, is there any benefit to the tree of heaven tree? Is it a tree that provides us with tremendous shade? Is there a tree that is a home to a lot of birds in other words, do we really have to cut down right. the
1: tree? Unfortunately, the, the tree of heaven has, can sprout up to 50 feet away with these rhizominous roots. So ideally, we do want to eradicate that tree. And I mean, it is it a take, re-sprouter. Why, when
0: you say invasive, does that mean it's taking away habitat from other trees? In other words, why is it bad? Yes. Just because we got it from someplace else. Why does that necessarily mean that it is bad?
1: It it that's it is because it is denied you know, it's an alleopathic tree, which means it puts out toxins that prevent other trees from growing and it wants to take over. And what it it doesn't allow the native seeds to generate, so it's out competing our native flora and we need to perpetuate that for our insects and our birds and the environment. I so see. that's the problem with invasives is they outcompete. Our regular native plants. Now, those plants, there's a tremendous seed bed that just lies and waits for its opportunity. So, once you do eradicate most of the invasive plants, our native seed bed will repopulate, and that's a, that's very hopeful.
0: That's <laughs> a great thing. How did you learn but, all this, Mickey um, McCarthy? Do you have a lot of degrees, um, well, and largely self-taught? Well, how do you know all this? And, it's, well, you know,
1: a lot of reading, and uh, thankfully the UConn Master Gardening program, which I, they're taking applications right now, as a matter of fact, for their new class, taught me a tremendous amount. Of course, I studied for my arborist license, and you know, I love this work because every day you learn a new thing, and it's all about education. Uh, and I love to share that education, and that's what being a master gardener is all about. Yeah,
0: so, it's pretty incredible um, how much you've taught me big
1: time. Oh, well, you're a great advocate. And the fact that you want to keep on talking and encouraging other people to listen is a great thing. And that's why if you're out there stomping on these insects, it brings awareness to other people. (laughs) If you're out with a fly swatter and a in, in one of our state parks, you know, you're going to bring attention and encourage people to ask you, hey, what's going on? I think a lot of the rest stops and whatnot have a lot of signage too to try and educate people to make them aware. I wanted to mention something else too. They, you know, I think the agricultural industry in Connecticut, there's a lot of profitable dollars tied to that industry. And the one plant that this insect kills is grapes. So our grape industry is trying really? to come up with ways. Yes, it's a big problem. So what they're doing, I read the USDA gave a grant to Virginia, state of Virginia, to train dogs to sniff the eggs because the first thing is just scouting for these things first. And if you can scout them out and they're in the egg form, you can just use a horticultural oil or something low toxicity that doesn't hurt non-target insects. So they're training
0: dogs and they said that any dog can be trained
1: to sniff this out. So I, I thought it a I, wow. I don't
0: know if Yofi could be trained. <laughs> Yofi can't even be trained to pee outside. I'm not sure he can be trained. But, you know, other dogs for I, sure. I, Please. I said you, Please. I'll have to
1: talk to Lisa I, about training her dogs. <laughs>
0: you definitely do. I don't know what's happening with these two. You know, what's happened is I had. My first dog, Snuggles, my, they were all Bichons. My first dog Snuggles and Bichons are notoriously resistant to training. We know this, but okay. But, but, but Snuggles was my first dog. I never had a dog before I went by the book and she was beautifully trained, never had an accident inside the house ever. And if she ever did, you knew she was sick and ashamed of it and upset. And so she trained <laughs> sugar who was also beautifully trained, but then sugar passed away. So I had to start over. And I started over with Shane of the princess, And she, I'm telling you, if there's any rain outside, she will hold it until she finds a secret (laughs) spot when I'm not looking, and then it gives me these big innocent eyes. And the problem is that Yofi started out pretty well, but now he's following suit with her. So it's not Oh, yeah. I got to start over with both of them. I got to show them who's boss. Good luck to me.
1: You never know. They may have secret talent for sniffing out the spotted lantern flyers. They might. So that's really hopeful. I mean, I think, you know, just the fact that we can look for different ways to manage things other than uh, chemical control is a great thing. And I just really think it's important to do business with people who have an eye on environmental impact and, uh, you know, finding an That's That's your message.
0: So you're telling us. Don't just hire somebody from the phone book. Interview them a little bit about their philosophy, about whether they go to the hard stuff first or they try and do things that are kinder to the rest of the environment. Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we all have to make a living. So, you know, it's the arborist, all arborists love the environment. They're out there working every day in it. And. Every licensed arborist actually has a supervisory pesticide license sanctioned by the state. That's one way that you learn a lot just by getting that license. And every company is supposed to have a B number. And um, so that's one way you can vet who you're dealing with. You know, ask the company, do they have a B number? If they don't know what a B number is, they probably don't have one. Also make sure that their number is listed. And, And the other thing I would say is, you are entitled to get the labels off of everything that is being used on their property. And if you're dealing with a company who doesn't want to get you a label, that's a red flag, too. Or if okay. they say they have some magic formula, you know, that's a red flag. So, okay. you know, and this is good no matter what insect you're treating, whether it's a spotted lanternfly or another
0: one. Let me ask you a question. Do the lantern flies have a season? Are they going to go dormant soon? Are they going to disappear for a while until the spring, or are they you know functioning even in colder weather?
1: Yeah, here's the thing. They're gonna be with us in overwinter um the we're gonna see the adults and you're gonna see a lot of if if you see egg laying, you're gonna see a lot of that in october Wow um come, yeah. They Also, you may see them on some perennial plants, like your roses and (gasps) plants in the garden. But when they're a nymph, they look like a little black uh, tick with white dots. And then they'll go into another phase of their development, and they'll actually change color, and they'll turn red with white dots. So um, when they're in the nymphal form, they're probably likely to be feeding on your roses and your vegetable garden for maybe a month. And then they'll transform. So that's why it's it's complex. Um you had me buy neem oil because I had this like
0: white milky yes. stuff. Will the neem oil kill the lantern fly?
1: Yes. Um okay. the horticultural oils and especially soy oils are being very effective. Okay. I do want to caution everybody, you know, sometimes we think that be all and end all is the idea of an organic spray or an organic treatment the timing of the pest and the treatment is important too you don't want to be spraying flowering plants at a time when pollinators are on there ah. because neem oil even if it's organic is still going to kill your beneficial so we really need to keep that biodiversity and and keep you know safeguard the, the beneficials whether we're using a treatment that's organic or not organic okay uh, even, you know there's so much to know right
0: there is <laughs> it's, there's a lot already you know I'm it's, full. my head is full yeah. already I, but this is yeah. was my takeaway, Vicky McCarthy. My takeaway is is a little good news because the Cardinals are reading them. They'll do better than we will. Uh, so that's yes. good news. Uh, do the Cardinals migrate or do they hang around in the winter? Do you know?
1: Uh, we do have Cardinals in the winter. I, I'm going to guess we have some that migrate and some that don't. Okay. Um Right. I don't I'd have to look I'm that depending up
0: depending <laughs> upon the birds. I mean, we're going to have to do our yeah. part, but it's good news that some of the birds are feeding on these because they'll do a better job. They'll do a better job. They'll find. Yeah. Them they'll get.
1: Them. Yeah. yeah. You know, everything with nature is time and um, you know, given some time, we're all going to learn more, including our, our animals around us. And the other thing is everything's weather dependent. You know, there may be some years we get low population of these, insects True. and then maybe another year we'll get high so True. just because they're in low population you're not seeing them doesn't mean they're around so the more we become accustomed to seeing these things and getting on a squishing swatting ritual the better off we'll be thank and you, uh, just keep sharing and that information that, and on <laughs> that squish and
0: squat i'll wish you a happy new year and i want to thank, <laughs> thank you <for> coming <laughs> on the show today vicki mccarthy who told us a lot about the spot lantern lanternfly we'll be right back